Hello, hello. Welcome to the P2P Soapbox. I'm your host and P2P BFF, Marcy Maxwell. And we are back with another great episode on a topic that seems to really be plaguing many in our industry. Do you ever feel that your relationships with your peer-to-peer fundraisers is just a one-way street? You know, as professional fundraisers, we invest significant time and effort in crafting those perfect email messages, the perfect text, the perfect social media post, all to motivate our fundraisers to take action, right? But how often do we take the time to truly understand why they're passionate about fundraising in the first place? You know, in a world where answering calls from unknown numbers is highly unlikely, It's really important that we find new ways to connect with our supporters, even if like today's guests, it means going on a hike in the woods. And we need to invest the same significant time that we spend on those perfect emails in fostering real genuine connections with our participants. So to help dive into this topic, I am really delighted to get to introduce two of my dear friends and former coworkers who just happen to be super talented P2P fundraisers. Make-A-Wish Alabama's Vice President of Advancement, Valerie Cunningham Trainer, and Make-A-Wish America's Chapter Events Fundraising Manager, Katie Woods. Many of you may be familiar with Make-A-Wish and its mission to create life-changing wishes for children with critical illnesses. But did you know that in the U.S. and its territories, a wish is granted every 34 minutes? Pretty cool. So both Valerie and Katie have more than 15 years of nonprofit experience, and they share a passion for one of Make-A-Wish's signature P2P programs, the Trailblaze Challenge. Trailblaze Challenge is a really cool boutique endurance event where participants hike 20 plus miles in one single life-changing day. They like to say it is a hike, not a race. And the event really caters to all levels from novice to your advanced outdoor enthusiasts. And I would add, it is a community builder like no other I have experienced. So in today's episode, we're going to delve into how they leverage a pretty comprehensive training program and year-round community events to establish really profound and authentic relationships with their fundraisers. Plus, Katie and Valerie will share how they strive to connect their fundraisers to the mission, to the larger Trailblaze community, and to new opportunities to deepen their involvement with the organization. So let's jump right in. Please welcome my friends, Katie Woods of Make-A-Wish America and Valerie Cunningham Trainer of Make-A-Wish Alabama. Katie and Valerie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited y'all are here. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here. Full transparency. Katie and Valerie and I have known each other for a really long time. So us being together on this uh, recording reminds me of like our early pandemic days when we would hop on for just our, you know, our happy hour gatherings over Zoom. And so it's bringing back all kinds of memories. So really excited to to be able to share the great work that y'all are doing on our P2P Soapbox today. So let's just kick, kick right off. So I'd love to hear just from both of you, 
a little bit about your kind of personal and professional journeys that led you to your current roles at Katie at Make-A-Wish America and Valerie at Make-A-Wish Alabama. Valerie, why don't you go first? Sure. So I've been with Make-A-Wish Alabama for eight years. I celebrated my eight-year anniversary earlier this month. Um, I'm currently the Vice President of Advancement and uh, love working for Make-A-Wish. It is the third nonprofit I've worked for. I was a teacher for a very short amount of time and what feels like a different life, um, but really uh, came kind of to the nonprofit world through marketing and through um, more of kind of on the grant writing. And that's how I found my way into the development world and then found my way to Make-A-Wish. So it's been um, it's been great. And currently I oversee all of our events and all of our revenue at the chapter, as well as our PR and communications team. You've come a long way since grant writing, that's for sure. Um, Katie, what about you? Um, well, I actually, I'm coming up on my, this is terrible. I should know this 12th or 13th year, uh, at Make-A-Wish. So I worked at Make-A-Wish of Illinois for about four years and then Make-A-Wish San Diego for nine, almost nine years. And prior to my time kind of, you know, committing to Make-A-Wish for life, I, um, I worked, uh, in an arts organization. I worked for a few art museums and, um, to be honest, I, I had a loss in my family. I lost a parent many moons ago, um, almost 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago now. And it just kind of changed the trajectory of my career path. It, it made me really take a long, hard look at how I'm spending my days and how I'm spending my hours at work and wanting that to feel really meaningful and of value to me. So not that the work prior to Make-A-Wish did not um, come with its perks and value and all of the great things, but but that's ultimately how I how I decided to really invest in working in a nonprofit and and trying to, you know, to make a positive change. My role now at Make-A-Wish America is chapter event fundraising manager, and I support the 58 chapters with their, uh, mostly their, their events and event strategies. So specifically the Trailblaze Challenge, which we'll get into in a little bit, Walk for Wishes, and also gala and social events. So let's jump right in to our very beloved Trailblaze program that all three of us love so much. I was really lucky enough to have a front row seat to the two of you at your very first Trailblaze. And I will not go into all of those stories uh, unless I have to. Maybe we'll have a blooper reel at the end of this. Um, So I got to really experience um, how the two of you bought into this program in the very beginning and how you grew it at your respective chapters and now nationally. So it's maybe not one that all of our listeners are familiar with. So Katie, you know, for people, if they're not familiar with what Trailblaze Challenge is, can you just give us kind of the quick um, overview of the program and how it works? Sure. Yeah. And and I should say for anyone interested after this, after this um, call, it's, it's so much more than we can share in kind of a brief time period. So I'll give you the snapshot of, of what it is, the Trailblaze Challenge. It, it started actually 10 years ago at uh, Make-A-Wish Central in Western North Carolina. Chris Weber, who's the vice president of development, is still there and still really championing this 
this program that bought their brought their chapter so much success. And Valerie and I, along with you, Marcy, went to shadow that specific event in North Carolina many moons ago. Um, and fast forward to, to, to today, it's become for many chapters, for some chapters, the most impactful fundraising event in their chapter's history. So the long and short of it is, is that it is a multi-month training and hiking education fund and fundraising program. Um, so there's a lot in there. And we we kind of get folks to come to an information session on the front end, convince them that this is a worthwhile opportunity for them and and talk about how what their impact will be uh, raising funds for kiddos. And then fast forward to what we call Hike Weekend, which is about five months kind of further along in the process. And, and that's really when everyone gets together. It's a destination hike. It feels like sleepaway camp for adults. It's a Friday, Saturday, and totally. Sunday um, event. And the, it's a single, there is a single day hike that takes place on that Saturday that usually it ranges, depending on the chapter, anywhere from about 24 miles to just over 30 miles. Uh, and it's just really an incredible an incredible weekend, an incredible community building event, and an, an incredible fundraising program for Make-A-Wish. Absolutely. A marathon hike in the woods. Who doesn't who want to do thought? that? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Who would want to do that? Um, so you mentioned the training piece. And I think that is something that I find so interesting and something that I think the two of you and the rest of the chapters that run this program have done so well. Um you know, it has that significant amount of training time. I know people are signing five, six months ahead of time. And I think y'all have done a really good job of leveraging those trainings to build relationships with your fundraisers, build very deep relationships with your fundraisers. And even though it takes a lot of staff time, it's still something that has the most successful chapters have done really well. So can you talk a little bit about, Valerie, I'm gonna start with you, like, what those training hikes look like, but more importantly, like what you've learned and how you've built relationships through those Saturday morning hikes, getting people ready for this, this long endurance hike on hike weekend. I think the nature of the fact that it is a hiking event is really one of the things that makes the relationship building in such a unique way and that ability to create those relationships because you're not with your, these, these people for a short amount of time. Um, it's not just uh, even you're going to be meeting with them for the course of weeks and weeks and weeks. And so there's this, these built-in opportunities. Um, there's also something I think uh, really unique about doing hard things. That's one of the kind of the mantras that our chapter has really um, latched onto. And of course, we draw parallels um, with that with our wish kids and wish kids don't have a choice in the hard things that they go through. And so our hikers do have a choice and they choose to do the hard things um, that the wish kids can't do in order to you know raise funds and bring awareness. And so there's a great tie in in that way. Uh, but there's also just something really bonding um, when you're out there uh, talking and you're you're going through it and you're hiking. And I think that that's one of the things I think that the most successful chapters who have trailways programs do is that they have staff that are out there on the trails with the people. And so uh, you're just taking a walk in the woods and you are getting to know everyone. You know, you're finding out, you know, sometimes, you know, what's going on, what led them to trailways. That's always my favorite question to ask the hikers is, how did you learn about trailways or what made you sign up? And um, they start sharing so much information um, that and so much about themselves that really allows us to 
you start to care about them, they become, um, become friends and, um, it's great. You get to see them kind of start, you know, they, a lot of them are just like me when they start and it's like, well, what, what is this hiking thing? What is, I don't know anything about this. And then by the end of the program, they just have so much confidence and they've come so far and they made not just friends with maybe some of the staff members, but they've made friends with each other. And I think that's where the community aspect of it really starts. I would agree. I mean, everything and then some that Valerie said, I think, you know, what's so interesting about this program is in many cases, folks are seeing a billboard, right? Or something. And they're like, oh, that that sounds exciting. Or that sounds challenging. Like, maybe I'll do that. And then the second that happens, they start setting up all these roadblocks about how they can't do it. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do the fundraiser. I don't know if I can do the training. Or I don't know. My schedule's really busy. Um, And so they're scared. Right. They're, they're, they're signing up for something, but at the same time, they're saying, Oh, I'm excited. They're also saying, and now I'm equally terrified. And there's something about that and the vulnerability, you know, in that, that makes people say like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I can do it. And someone will say, well, I don't know if I could do it, but let's try together. And so there's this, like, it's the, the hikers become champions for each other and the Make-A-Wish staff members become champions for hikers. And then everyone's becoming a champion for wish kids. It's this, kind of really organic evolution of relationships that are building and taking place. I think a lot of it is based on building trust on saying, I'm going to do this alongside you. To Valerie's point, I think, uh, uh, I think there's, there's something about reassuring people through action. And so when you say as a Makoish representative, I'm going to hike this hike with you, I'm going to walk this walk with you. they're they're like, oh, you're investing in me. You care about this outcome for me as a person, not just me as a donor. And so if you're going to do that for me, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to really try to, you know, champion my fundraising goal. I'm going to really try to make an impact. And so, yeah, it's just unique. And Valerie has heard me say this a million times, but I think as a fundraiser for an organization, when you're walking alongside hikers for sometimes six hours at a time, it becomes this like therapy moment, it becomes this life coaching moment, it becomes this radical sharing of your everything. And in that, that's like, that's, I think to me, it's the most unique experience I've ever had with, with access and time to donors. It's like the equivalent of, when I say Valerie, it's the equivalent of 10 coffee visits, you know, over the course of a year, and then some that you're trying to schedule to have close conversations with donors, you get that in a a one day training hike. And then keep in mind, there are multiple weeks of training hikes, right? So you're doing that time and again with your donors. So it's, it's pretty incredible. Like I said, it's, it's really nothing I've ever, I've never been a part of anything like it before in my professional career. When I also think not only do you get to learn about the fundraisers, they get to learn about you. And to where we always say one of the keys to you know building deep relationships with your fundraisers is you have to be authentic about yourself too, right? It, this is not a one-way relationship at all. And so when they're seeing you getting a little bit tired on the hike or they start asking you about your day, it just, it kind of takes to your point, that relationship to a whole nother level. And then I think when the people who maybe are you know, y'all often say people are more intimidated by the fundraising than they are by the hiking. Well, then they know I've got, you know, time to ask all my questions to my friend Katie or my friend Valerie, who not only is here to help me hike, but who is here to help me 
raise what I have said I'm going to raise. And like they respect that level of expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And I also feel like, and I always get so kind of um, nervous when to do these kind of, you know, like a podcast or go and speak because I feel like we've had so much success with this program and I don't think we're doing any, like we're doing a lot but it also has just been so organic and so natural. We're just getting to know people. We're out there, you know, there, there's strategy in the marketing and there's been strategy in, you know, in recruiting and, and trying to make sure that we don't lose touch with people. But as far as the relationship building, it's, it, it really, it is so authentic. And then people are so curious about Make-A-Wish. You're also desperate for a distraction when you're like climbing up a hill. The worst part of the training for me is everybody, nobody wants to talk when they're going uphill. And so they'll ask the question. And I'm like, I also don't want to talk when we're going up the hills. Um, but it's, that's been great, um, you know, for people to be able to ask questions about the organization or for me to get to share um, different wish stories um, when you're on these hikes and people you leave knowing the, the, the donors and the hikers better, but they also leave not only knowing you better, but knowing the mission better. Yeah. And that was, that bleeds perfectly into my, my next question was really, you know, Katie, you mentioned billboards and recruitment meetings and info meetings. And so many people come to this event for initially for the activity. They're like intrigued by this 28 mile hike in this amazing forest. Um, Not necessarily for Make-A-Wish, right? That may not, for some it is, but what are some of the other ways that you connect your fundraisers to this mission, not only in the training hikes, but on hike weekend as well? I mean, I think it's, it's Valerie said earlier, you know, we can do hard things. I think the parallels are so obvious to, to folks who now are part of the program. Um, but to, but to new participants or new hikers coming in, they don't necessarily see that, oh, a wish, a wish child doesn't get to choose to, you know, they can't change how uncomfortable they are in the moment. They can't change that they have to go to get, you know, doctor's appointments or have surgery or be afraid or any of those things. And, and so we'll often say embrace the suck, you know, like you embrace it and push through it. If wish kids can be uncomfortable for sometimes many years or a lifetime, we can absolutely be uncomfortable for a day. We can absolutely push past this barrier and this boundary that we've set up in our place where we think we can't do it. We can't get there. We can't push past this point. Well, wish kids don't get that choice. They they have to keep moving forward. They have to kind of go through with their surgeries and their and their fear and, and kind of face that all head on. And so as things are hard or on your hard days, connecting to a wish child to be like, this is a, a little peanut of a person who's going through something much greater than I am. You know, if if he or she or they can do it, I can certainly get through this moment. So that's I think a big one for me, Valerie. I don't know if you would say the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we make the promise to the hikers when they sign up that we are going to, you know, give them the fundraising support and that we are going to give them the training support and that we are going to give them the mission support that we're going to keep that in front of them all the time. So I think everybody, all the chapters that do it, you know, probably follow the same formula of we send out weekly newsletters, we call those trail talks, and we always have a wish story in those. You know, we have wish kids at some of our 
kickoff at all of our info session, our kickoff meetings. Um, of course, they're at Hike Weekend. We've had Wish Kids at the finish line before. You know, we send Wish Kid art. We've had Wish Kids deliver um, thank yous to donors' houses who've gone above and beyond. So anytime, and that is by far their favorite thing. Like, I mean, um, especially you know during COVID, there was so little of that. Um, that you think that, um, that now, you know, we're, whenever they get to meet a wish kid or have a, an experience or get to hear from a wish family, it's even more special because a lot of these hikers, um, joined trailblaze because it was an outdoor activity that they could still do. I loved the, some of the times when I got to go to events, sometimes there was a family, maybe they didn't want to necessarily tell everybody that they were a wish family. And then they've hiked alongside the rest of the hikers the whole time. And they kind of decide they feel comfortable revealing that fact on hike weekend. And it is just not the the fundraisers and the supporters have gotten to know this, this fellow hiker, just as one of their peers, and then it kind of gets revealed um, that they are a wish family or a wish parent or a wish sibling, or even a wish kid themselves who's a grown up. And just that very personal relationship that they get to build with someone who is a recipient of the Make-A-Wish mission, I just think is, those are always the magical moments that you can't always create or recreate um, that would, I think would be so inspiring. So one other, I think, very unique thing with Trailblaze is that by design, it is a small event. You know, you're leading people through the woods for you know, 20, 25 plus miles, and you want to be careful to, you know, leave no trace. And so typically they're 100 people or less, right? We're not talking about a 10,000 person event, but you've built really large communities out of these very small events. How are you doing that? Can you talk about how you build and really have worked to foster those communities now over the past couple of years? Valerie? Yeah, you know, I think that most people who are in the nonprofit world and specifically with fundraising know the the saying of, you know, it's easier to keep a donor than it is to find a new one. And that's really kind of our thought as well, is that we take care of our folks. We make sure that, you know, those relationships are, are real and, and uh, solid relationships. And so our alumni uh, return rate is really high. Um it was one of the things I was the most nervous about in starting this program here in Alabama was are people going to want to do it again? Um, you know, I've hiked that the trail that we use a few times now and um, I'm still surprised, you know, that people will come back and hike it again and again. And we've got people who've hiked it, you know, seven years in a row, all seven years, they've, they've come back every single year. Um, but I think like that is um, one thing is that really taking care and making sure that the alumni, the repeat hike, um, feel appreciated. Uh, they end up taking on lots of you know leadership roles. People that you know two years later they're on the hike support team. They are leading the hikes and they're one of the main contributors. And you know, say our Facebook group. Um, I think our Facebook group is another very very critical component of how we've been successful in the early days. I was very very intentional, um, continuing to make sure that the conversation was you know, continuing in there in that Facebook group, because we have training groups all over the state. And um, 
that was an important thing. So asking questions, encouraging conversation. Uh, now it's kind of a well-oiled machine, and I've, I've they're they just are talking all the time, and people are you know chatting in there a lot. And that group has grown to over over a thousand people in that Facebook group. Um, and I, I found that um, people really honor that space. It's an important thing to them. They um, I don't. There's not a lot of policing. I'm sure you know your listeners are in other Facebook groups and. There can be bickering and moderating and all sorts of things in those Facebook groups. And um, that just doesn't really happen in the Trailblaze Facebook group. Everyone, you know, talks and they support each other. They offer um, advice and fundraising tips. And, you know, someone posted in our group the other day, like uh, he's taking, he's going to be the Santa photographer. Prefer uh, at a Christmas event, and he said he needs an assistant, and he will donate the money to their Trailways page if somebody can come. You know, as people just constantly paying it forward, supporting each other. So I think creating—it's a long-winded answer. I'm sorry, but um, creating the framework, giving people the opportunity to to be the good, I think, is really where Trailblaze shines, and I think that we've been able to create that framework for people to naturally be good. Yeah, I mean, I think across across the the enterprise for those folks who are hosting a trailblaze program, there's something about well, so I should first say as far as like number of gifts that are coming through. So you, it's a boutique event, if you will, but it has some of the highest numbers of gifts coming through. So if you have 100 hikers, in some cases, you have 6,000, 7,000 gifts coming through, and I really think that is because again. You find these folks who see a billboard aren't signing up necessarily because it's a Make a Wish event. They're learning along the way. They're watching the investment you're making in them along the way. They're becoming champions for each other. It then becomes about, look at this collective impact we're doing together and let's share this with everyone. They are like shouting with pride from the mountaintops. Look what I'm doing. Look what we're doing. Look at the impact we're having as a community. And so I think, you know, it's like the the chapter presents this opportunity and then they deliver on the promise. And then the hikers are going out and they are boots on the ground. You know, they're really spreading the word. Like Valerie said, the alumni family of hikers, is, they're instrumental to this program. But you're not going to create a strong alumni group if you're not delivering on your promise. It has to be an exceptional experience and a transformative experience. Um, but once you get that dialed in, it just really does expand to thousands of supporters who then come back to support year over year or then join as a hiker or maybe become a volunteer. They're learning along with the hiker about Make-A-Wish and what Make-A-Wish does kind of in tandem and accidentally to begin with, which is, I think, again, really kind of fascinating. Well, and I love what you said about the, you know, calling it alumni, you know, talking about them being champions for each other. I was listening to a great um webinar the other day where someone talked about how do we get our donors to become friends with each other? You know, we want them to build a relationship with our staff, feel connected to our mission. But really what sets it apart of a true community is when they feel connected to each other, right? That they're all in it for the same, they're doing the same hard thing. They're all in it for the same mission and they're in it together that that's what's going to keep them coming back you know, year after year after year, um, which I just, I thought that was a really interesting, it was an interesting example. And then as I thought about Trailblaze in preparation for this, I was like, well, that's a perfect example of what I've seen kind of illustrated through your programs. 
I think too, Marcy, because of the small number of people, because it is a hundred or so people, um, there's also some really cool opportunities for us to really do some like friend matchmaking. Like I love that. And I bet yes. I'm going to have some trailblazers who listen to this and they're going to be like, Oh my goodness. And like, going to realize that I've been like puppet mastering this a little bit more than they think. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we do for trailblaze is, you know, everyone's in starting groups and we do that according to pace, but there's still a lot of fluctuation and a lot of um, a variation within those. And our, we have an ability to kind of, put these starting groups together. And we absolutely do that on a person by person basis where I'm like, I think these, these two people, they're from different parts of the state, but I know that they have this thing in common and I'm going to put them in the starting group together. Um, and, you know, and then of course, when we hear later on Sunday, they're like, you know, I had never met her before, um, before we started hiking. And, you know, now she's probably going to be best friends. friends. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And um, that, that brings me a lot of satisfaction, a lot of satisfaction where I'm like, Oh yes, I got that right. Like I thought that they were going to hit it off and get along. And there's a lot of opportunity to do that sort of friend, friend matchmaking. And I would say weddings too. There's, there are trailblaze babies. There's been trailblaze marriages. <laughs> There's, I mean, all sorts of things, because again, there are some people who are coming into this. I love to go back to Valerie's first question that she will ask a hiker, you know, what brought you here or why are you here? And just announcing that and then kind of zipping it up, people will say, I just lost my husband. I'm going through a midlife crisis. Like I, I mean, they'll be really direct and honest. And then in that they find again, right. The support through other hikers, support through the program, support from Make-A-Wish, support from the Wish Kids. And it feels like a safe space to open and develop some new relationships. And at the end of that, the win isn't only the funds raised and crossing the finish line, but like some people really have trailblaze babies. And then that makes people like Valerie and I lose our minds because we're like, we knew it. You know, <laughs> we promised you that you might find your best friend or even a life partner. And it really does happen. It's so fun to watch. That's amazing. Well, and I love um, on hike weekends. I would love for y'all to talk about how it gets closed out because it is a weekend, right? It's, you know, there's the, the pasta dinner, you know, the carbo load and talk about safety precautions on the day of. And then there's the hike, which is momentous in and of itself. But really what I think like puts the exclamation point on the weekend is the breakfast the following morning. It feels like a trade secret. Like we don't talk about Verna. It feels like a trade secret. I, this is, oh, okay. We'll just give the high level Miss Secret Ladies. Well, okay. Let me say, so this is, this is usually what I will say. And I hope this doesn't give an, give too much away. <laughs> I like to say, or, and I hope this doesn't make us sound like terrible humans, but I like to say we get people to, you know, we emotionally, mentally, and physically exhaust people. And then we ask them to talk about their feelings. And that's all I'll say, you know, and I don't know if that's too much, if I've already said too much, but there's something in sharing your experience that I think can move mountains. I think so too. And I think that I tell people even at an info session, I'm like, I can't tell you everything that happens on Sunday, but I can tell you it's the best part of the entire weekend. And it's the only secret that this group of people can keep. Um, and so, uh, and I think that they, for the most part, do honor, honor that and, and do kind of, you know, I'm scared nobody would show up really if they knew exactly what we were going to um, do. I think even the people who um, don't want to 
feel like they would never want to share anything about their experience or some of the people that share the most and um, end up having one of those moments where they, um, where it comes full circle to them. Yeah. I think what's, what is fascinating to, I've been using that word a lot, but it really is, even though I love the program and I'm a part of it, you know, on Saturday, sometimes you'll get folks at the end of the hike who are just like, this is the one and done for me, not coming back, not going to do it. I feel accomplished. And then after, you know, everything takes place on Sunday, they said, when do we sign up? What am I going to do with my Saturdays? Who do I train with now? And then I should say, Valerie, the Alabama chapter and and a number of chapters are, are doing really, really a great job in that year round engagement to, to keep those folks connected in what we say, you know, we say there's never an off season. Um, because you have those moments where people are doubtful, but then they're right back in it and you got to meet them there, right? You have to meet them there and give them the opportunity to, to continue the, the community and the connections and the impact that they've been a part of for six months of their lives. Post trailblaze, like lull, the post trailblaze depression of like, well, what now? What did I do before, before this? Talk a little bit about that. So I know you've said a lot of the hikers, they come back every year or they invite other people or they come and uh, get involved with volunteers, but you've also said they get involved beyond the event itself. I know there's been people who've uh, turned into board members, turned into volunteers, turned into wish granters. So how have these relationships really impacted the your chapter and the organization as a whole? I know for us in Alabama, I mean, the week all across the chapter now, we say that the Trailblaze program and the Trailblazers are are the heartbeat of our chapter. Um, Make Watch Alabama is a young chapter. Uh, We only turned 10 in 2012. I mean, we were established in 2012, so we just turned 10 last year. And um, this will be our eighth year to do Trailblaze. So Trailblaze, you know, started when we had only been established for several years. And we really needed a group of supporters and we needed some, um, some champions. And that was, we needed the money. Don't get me wrong. We really needed the money. <laughs> that's, that's why I went to North Carolina to learn about the program. Um, but what, what made me catch fire about Trailblaze was the community that I saw. I saw people who cared, who cared deeply about Make-A-Wish and who were willing to ask their friends and family to raise money and who were giving up all their weekends and the volunteers. Um, and so. That's what we wanted for our chapter. And I did everything that I think to do and then just kind of crossed my fingers and said a prayer and said, you know, if you build it, will they come? Like, I hope so, because we need them. And um, I wanted the community that I had seen in North Carolina and was blown away, blown away and, you know, a a sobbing mess, honestly, that first hike weekend um, to see how many people really showed up and um, who I knew were going to continue to invest in the chapter and in the mission um, for many years. And, and it is incredibly rewarding to see that happen, but absolutely we've got, I mean, I don't know, like probably maybe a third of our board is now, you know, either current or previous trailblazers or people who have come to the organization through other trailblazers. Um, You know, we, we, want something done, you know, I mean, I will go on the Facebook page and say, I need some big letters cut out. Does anybody know someone? Any, if it's for a wish, you know, and we, that's, it's another resource for us as well. Um, because it's people who are so diverse 
and they they're they're from all walks of life and all sorts of occupations and backgrounds and um, they're they're willing to really we know that they're willing to hike you know in our case twenty six point three miles so they'll definitely show up and help put a playset together for Wish Kids you know so um, giving them those opportunities continuing the conversation um, and being very very purposeful in saying we've got this we do have a need for people to put together furniture for this movie room that we're doing do, do we have any trailblazers who would want to do that and people are like so eager mm-hmm. to, to do more you know what i think you just said something it, it kind of sparked something in me that i think again if you go back to the trust that's created in the throughout this program that in this investment it's almost like when you and and then it's it's you're having intentional and direct conversations with people like unapologetic, intentional, direct conversations. So when you get to that place where you're like, we're looking for board support and you would be a really great fit. They believe you. You don't have to convince anybody. There's like, they're like, oh, this is a need. I feel that need. Why would I say no? You know, yes, yes, yesterday and yes, 10 times over. How do I help you? Oh, you need a wish granting volunteer. I'll be there yesterday. You know, so I think a lot of that, that trust built throughout the program really is what, is what makes these kind of this continuation of these relationships possible. And I would say it really is for the chapters who, who are really investing in their, in their hikers. And and they are, I mean, South Carolina, as an example, they have someone who just joined their staff and he just celebrated his 20th trailblaze hike. He's hiked the trailblaze challenge 20 times and has now become a staff member. I just went to a make wish San Diego gala this past weekend and the presenting sponsor of their gala was a hiker whose daughter hiked it the first year, then recruited her father the second year. He has since joined the board and become a presenting sponsor of an entirely different event. So Valerie and I have talked like at nauseum uh, about you know the the opportunities there, and I hate to say the conversion, the donor conversion, because that feels so impersonal, but it, it's not. It's it's really about this development of these relationships, and then again, you're like, this is the need that we have. We would love to have you be a part of it. Can you help us? And I would say, I mean, honestly, I'd probably say in every instance, they say yes. I should also shout out, um, you know, Valerie's chapter um, and, and the San Diego chapter. And I and forgive me if there are others that, who are, are also doing this, but there's also this contingency of folks who are not hiking anymore, but they still want to be connected to the community. So they're fundraising. So in San Diego, they're called Trail Angels. In Alabama, it's fascinating what they've done. They're called trail raisers. And so again, the impact is continuing even for folks who aren't hiking the actual event. Um, so it's just really awesome. It's just really great stuff. And I, I just don't, I just don't know that there's an end to it. I mean, I say that now. I shouldn't say that out loud, but, um, it just seems like people are always going to feel connected and come back and want to help one another and want to help wish kids and want to help the chapter and want to help the enterprise. That's how it feels today to me. This has been so great. I am just like such a a proud friend listening to the two of y'all and how you have both taken this program and run with it um, from those early days and just all the great things that you have brought to it and all the great things you've learned from it um, that I think our industry can learn as well. So I am sure there are some people who are sitting here curious uh, to learn more about both Make-A-Wish or the Trailblaze Challenge. Uh, 
Maybe they're very curious about what happens on Sundays. Um, But so where would you direct them? So if somebody is interested in knowing more, where can we send them in our show notes? Let's say, you know, wish.org is a great place to start. Wish.org backslash trailblaze will list all of the trailblaze events that are available across the enterprise. I will say the landing page is new and a work in progress. So when you get there, what you want to do is click the link of the, the, the chapter name on the left-hand side of the screen so you can make sure to request information. You can make sure to register for an info session. Uh, you're going to find a lot of great info there. So uh, wish.org backslash trailblaze is specifically from the national office. This was so much fun. I loved getting the chance to, to kind of hear from all of you. And I will just say thank you all so much for, for joining us today. Thanks so much, Marcel. The P2P Soapbox is produced in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Stephen Bedhall. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing that you can do to support the P2P Soapbox is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.